0: Next on the program is the dog. so we have a few reflections for the new year. Um, the title is Remind, Resistance and Practice, so the idea is also to, still some people coming in. So remind persistence and practice. The idea is that we reflect on the past year, we can see the good things we have done in the past life, we can also see the things which were not so good and there might be a few things we really want to change in the new year. So that is a perfect opportunity to reflect on all that and to make a new determination to do certain things better in the new year. All the good things you have done in this life, you also can remember all the good karma. You can make the wish, so may all this good karma be helpful to live a peaceful, get a peaceful new year. And you can use the opportunity to improve on your practice and your meditation. So starting a new year with meditation and with noble friendship is a great thing. As you know, usually people, what they do on this day, they go to parties, drink a lot of alcohol, uh, also friendship, but in another way. So to start the new year here, the Buddhist place, with Buddhist, uh, noble friendship, with the uh, same minded people around you, is I think, a single perfect chance to start a new year in a dharmic way. So time for reflection, determination and practice. As I said later we have a group meditation. The main uh, advantage of group meditation is all the positive energy you create is helping all the people around you. And also for people who just started with meditation they will find it much easier to meditate in the group, using all these positive vibrations around you, getting deeper into meditation, making quicker progress in your practice. (coughs) So we shape our own future, Uh, our life exists only in the present moment, so whenever the mind wanders off into the past it is just a memory, Whenever we start thinking about the future, we are fantasizing about something that did not happen yet. So our life happens only in this present moment. The more aware we are of this present moment, the more chance we have to create our future in a positive way. So we are creating from moment to moment, but the more mindful, the more concentrated we are in the present moment, the more successful our future life will be. So, we we are what our we did in the past, so all the past karmas created our present reality. Whatever we do now, all the good and bad karmas will shape our future, will shape our next moment. The five precepts, now the, the Buddha recommended five precepts, as you know, it's very basic, just these five and uh, I'm sure everybody of of you will know that, even the children who went to the Sunday school, so not killing or harming any living being, not taking anything or stealing anything that is not given, no sexual misconduct, not uh, refraining from incorrect speech, Including uh, included in that one is like harsh speech, useless talk, and also gossiping, and the last one, uh, to refrain from taking intoxicants or drugs, so anything that makes your mind unclear, it takes you into a deeper state of illusion and what we want to do in this Dharma practice, we want to free our mind from this uh, illusion, from this dream-like state, so we want to wake up and see things as they are. With drugs and alcohol we go into another dream, a dream within a dream, so it will be even more difficult to wake up to reality. Chaitanahang bhikkave kamang vadami, a famous uh, saying from the Buddha, so our intention creates the next moment or creates the karma. So whenever we make an intention to do something good, we create a good memory, a good karma. Whenever we have the intention to do anything bad, it creates a bad karma, a bad memory. Also the Buddha distinguished between karma and vipaka, nowadays, if you say in the West, karma, everybody will nod and say, yes, yes, I know what karma means, everybody knows that. But many have uh, various ideas about the term karma. So what the B- Buddha means with karma is the hetu, or the cause, and vibhaka is the result that what we get for doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So right. we are the creators from moment to moment we create with our good, Karma in the present moment, we create a new, near, new, uh, new future the next year to come. Kicjo and Lapu, another saying of the Buddha, rare is the human bird. So the Buddha says, uh, it is very rare to be reborn as a human being, even more rare <coughs> it is to be uh, intelligent, to be born at the right place, to be born at a place where you will be able to hear the Dharma and also a place where you get an opportunity to meditate and to develop your mind. So all these rare conditions uh, all of you have uh, achieved, so you are a human being, you are intelligent, you live at a good place, you are born as Buddhist or came later into contact with the Buddhist teaching, So you can hear the dharma, you know about meditation techniques, and also there are noble friends around you who are practicing with you the dharma part, or practicing with you the meditation. So what the Buddha means with with this, it's a rare opportunity to get all these factors in one life. Uh, Nobody knows how long we can enjoy this rare opportunity, now many things, future is, can change very quickly. Also nowadays, I heard today I heard somebody saying, uh, I'm still young, I don't know how long we will live, so life is very uncertain. We can never say I'm still young, my life I have seen many years ahead of me, so uh, life can be very uncertain, it can end at every moment. So we have to use the opportunity to create as much as good karma as we can, and also use that good karma for your meditation and your spiritual practice. Using your free will often is a road to change, so when we decide to live a spiritual life uh, with meditation, uh, going deeper into concentration and mindfulness, often it creates a lot of changes in our life. Uh, often people, they are a little bit afraid of these changes, or they are reluctant to go with the change. So whenever we are practicing spiritually on the meditation part, many new things will come up. So we should keep an open mind and we should not be afraid from all these changes. So whenever our heart, or our destiny leads in a certain direction along the Dharma path go along with it, and it will lead to a better future for you. So the greatest gift of a human being is the free choice. So we have a free will, we can, in every moment, we can decide, let me do the right thing, or let me do the wrong thing. And uh, so that is called the greatest gift of a human being. The Buddha called it Attakara, one's own actions, self-initiative, or free will. So, what we heard before, Chietanahang bhikkave kamang vadami, so the intention, the free will, is there to create a positive future. There was a discussion mentioned in our Buddhist text uh, between the Nigandas and the Buddha. Now these ascetics at the Buddha's time, they had a different opinion about karma, so their opinion was, uh, everything is conditioned by past karmas, we cannot change our karma, so all we can do <coughs> is not to create any new karma and to suffer to pay off the old karma. That's why many of them, they were standing on one leg, uh, holding a, an, their arm up the whole life, or sitting on a uh, um, bed of nails. So Atta Kilmadana Yoga, self-mortification, was their solution to pay off the old karma and to free the mind and attain enlightenment. The Buddha did not agree with this uh, philosophy. He said our present uh, moment is conditioned by past karma plus the present action. So a a big part of our um, uh, life is conditioned by past karmas, but it depends on how we are picking it up our reaction to the past karma can be either we grasp things, we push things away, or like in mindfulness meditation, we just note it and move on with the meditation. So the Buddha says it depends on our present reaction, our present action to the past karma, and if there would be no uh, free will, there would be no escaping from the round of existences. So like this one sitting on a bed of nails, that was very common at that time in India, even nowadays you can see some of them. So the idea is to suffer physically, to uh, torture your own body and mind, to pay off bad karma, not to create any new karma. And uh, even nowadays many believe this will lead to liberation. So according to the Buddha this will not work, also because you do not know how much good or bad karma you have from the past and it depends uh, on your reaction to the past karma. Also, uh, many believe about 60 or 70% of our life is predestined, it is sure to happen according to our past karma, and we have about 30% free choice either to direct it in this way or in the other direction. So in the, in the cause of, uh, uh, of present suffering, we are, uh, we are located exclusively in the past. No one could do anything in the present moment to stop that suffering. That means if something comes up, a uh, past karma is coming up, we cannot change the karma. So whatever happens in our life, good or bad, or memories are coming up, karmas are coming up, we cannot change that because the cause is already in the past. But it depends a lot on how we react to it. So when we face uh, difficulties in our life, the Buddha says there are two options. One is to learn from this experience, the other one is to go crazy. So the other one is you start crying, shouting, oh my God, why is this me? Or you can remain calm, see, okay, this is not happening to me because of my past karma. Uh, you remain calm, you remain focused, you use the time for meditation and you can even learn from this experience. Once you overcome the negative uh, period in your life, there comes another better period and uh, it will make you stronger if you remain focused and mindful. So Dukkha or suffering, the problem underlying pain, is not past action but desire in the present causing the pain. So again, it is the reaction to the past karma that leads to suffering or just uh, you take it as a, an experience to learn, you evolve, you move on to higher levels of consciousness. So thus the practice must focus on the way to understand and bring about this passion. Uh, the Buddha, throughout his whole teaching, uh, he said, if you want to sum up the whole Buddhist teaching in one word, it is uh, tanhakayo, letting go of all grasping, of all uh, attachments. So because we are grasping things, it leads to suffering from moment to moment. Whenever we let go of all attachments, it leads to liberation and to enlightenment. Ehi basiko is the famous saying of the Buddha, meaning come and see, find out for yourself. So his whole teaching is based on this ehi basiko, I always say there is not a single part in the Buddhist teaching which you have to accept blindly or just follow blindly. Every part of the Buddhist teaching can be tested, so you can use it, you can find out for yourself. And last Sunday we had this question at the end, If you just trust yourself, can it not be that you follow your ego? And what I mean with uh, uh, trusting your own experience is not a whimsical idea in your mind. That could be the ego. If you say, I just like this kind of action, so I do it because I feel like doing it. What I mean here is you practice a certain type of meditation or you keep the five precepts. And after a while you see my negative emotions like... Uh, attachment, anger, uh, confusion is getting less and less. And my good qualities like compassion, loving-kindness, or my concentration, my peace and harmony is increasing. So after a while you can see this spiritual practice is helping me. So I'm developing in the right direction. So you develop faith in your, uh, uh, your practice or your technique and you continue with the practice not because the Buddha or be, uh, because some holy books say so, but, but because you have your own experience. So that I meant with following your own experiences, that's what the Buddha meant with ehi pasiko. So we are all one family, ultimately all human beings are connected, and uh, let's say we are, huma, we are pure consciousness, having a human experience, When we develop in meditation, more and more we realize this pure consciousness state, which the Buddha called uh, the Buddha nature. So the Buddha said this Buddha nature is within us, enlightenment or the state of nirvana is already there. All we have to do is to clean out our subconscious mind from all the defilements, so we purify the mind from all the negative emotions, and then this uh, Buddha-nature, this pure state of mind starts shining. I like this one slide, it says, earth is my country, love is my state, peace is my agenda, and dharma is my religion. There's another saying, it says, dharma is beyond all religions, but all religions contain a certain uh, amount of dharma. But when we speak about Dharma and that discussion also we had recently, the word Dharma can be used in many different ways. The, the most common way is the teaching of the Buddha, so the path to enlightenment, the teaching the Buddha gave in order to understand your mind. But Dharma can also be used and is used in other religions, like in Hindu religions they talk about Dharma, it can also mean just uh, righteousness or uh, nature or a state of mind. But the most common use in, Buddhist, uh, in uh, among the Buddhists is the teaching or the technique of the Buddha. So Buddhism, the religion of the future, now this is a saying from Albert Einstein, he says, the religion of the future will be a cosmic religion based on experience. And he went on saying the only religion he knows about, which would fit this uh, description, would be a kind of Buddhism. Most probably will be uh, the deeper parts of the Buddhist teaching, like the teaching about karma, uh, about um, the teaching of meditation or mindfulness. So we can also see worldwide that meditation, spirituality, is growing very fast. Often also not, uh, not only under the umbrella of Buddhism, but also under vipassana or mindfulness meditation. The whole point of any kind of spiritual practice or meditation is to let go of all attachments. And here I have a question for the children. What's the easiest way to catch a monkey? Any idea? In Asian countries they try to catch small monkeys because they want to keep them at home. There is one very easy way to catch them. You know that how, how that works? No idea? I'll show you the picture. <laughs> they have a very easy way they take a bot with a small uh, mouth, put in some beans and straw some beans around. The monkey comes, it puts in the hand and tries to take the beans, but when it makes a fist, they cannot take it out anymore. And the bot is fixed somewhere with a, with a chain. So the monkey tries to uh, uh, grasp the beans and tries to take it out, but because it makes a fist, it cannot take it out anymore. So it is hold back, it can't run away anymore. But what holds the monkey? That's the big question. Why can the monkey not run away again? So the only thing that holds the monkey is his own attachment. So if the people come and catch the monkey, if he just lets go and runs away, he can run. But he cannot because he's holding on to the beans. He doesn't want to let it go, so he gets caught and they catch the monkey. So the only thing that holds him is is his own attachment. And the Buddha gave often this simile, he says the only thing that keeps us in this samsara, we are reborn again and again, we suffer uh, again and again, because of our own attachment. So if we just could let go of this desire, of any kind of attachment, we would be free in this very moment. There would be no rebirth, or what the Buddha called, we would all attain enlightenment. So it's not easy to say, let me be without any desire. It takes training, you need a technique, and the technique is meditation. So in Mindfulness Meditation we train the mind not to hold on to anything, not to grasp anything. So we retrain the mind not to grasp, to let go of everything. So if we do this long enough and good enough, uh, we will be able to let go of all desires and reach stages of awakening. So the Buddha called this tree the big problem, the things which keep us here in this existence, tanha, mana and ditti, so the first one is craving, the holding on, the attachment, mana, arrogance and ditti, wrong views. And these uh, three are very common, usually they come in a baggage, so tanha, mana, ditti I- are the three which keep us bound up to this existence, not allowing us to move on to higher levels. The shiny mind gets lost when defilements overpower the mind. So as you said, the Buddha nature is within each and every one of us. Usually when the mind is overpowered by defilements, the mind cannot shine. And uh, as soon as you go deeper into meditation, also what I explained, it is mindfulness meditation, because you are sitting at a quiet place, more or less the external five senses are not working, so you sit at a quiet place, the eyes are closed, you don't move much with your body, what happens then more memories are coming up from your subconsciousness. Sometimes very tiny memories from your childhood, memories are coming up and you have a choice how to react, either to hold on to these memories, to push it away if it's a negative memory, both ways means new karma, new memories. What you should do in this mindfulness meditation, let's say you hear a sound, you just label it with a neutral thought, it is a sound, and you move on with your meditation. So you do not analyze anything, you do not hold on to anything, just be aware this is there and move on with the meditation. Nobody can be told what the matrix is, you have to find out for yourself. And here matrix means that it was a movie. Uh, the Buddha said something very similar. Nobody can be told what enlightenment is, you have to find out for yourself. They said, uh, however much the Buddha or some enlightened being would, take, would talk about enlightenment, we have to sit down, do the practice and find out for ourselves. That's the only way to move forward and to uh, understand the workings of the mind. Human belief is totally irrelevant when it comes to the law of karma. Now, according to the Buddha, the law of karma is a natural law, the law of the universe which cannot be changed. How we feel about it does not make any difference. And they say it's a natural law, very similar to the law of gravity, for example. And if somebody, just as an example, does not believe in the law of gravity, let's say standing up on a rock saying, uh, I don't believe in gravity and is jumping down, uh, if he believes in it or not, doesn't make any change, he will hit the ground. Very similar with the law of karma, so if you believe in it or not, does not make any difference. But if you know about the law of karma, you have a big advantage, because you can adjust your life accordingly, and you can avoid doing bad karma, you can do a lot of good karma, so you can use the law of karma for your personal benefits. Uh, let's say somebody from, um, let's say, a Muslim or Christian who does not believe in the law of karma, even if they say, uh, this is something for the Buddhists, this is not for me, I don't care about the law of karma, Still he is subject to the law of karma. This was the saying from Asaji uh, when uh, he met uh, Sari and Mokkalana before they uh, became monks. Uh, they saw the Asaji walking on Bindabada on Arms Round on the street, and uh, Sariputta Mokkallana they saw him walking and they could see something special about this monk. So he was very calm, very relaxed, so they could see he might be developed. So he went o- they went over to him and asked him, who is your teacher and what is he teaching? And he said only this one verse, he said, of things that arise from a cause, their cause, the Tathagata meaning the Buddha, has told, and also their cessation. And because their Bharamis or their past um, experiences was very high, these few lines were enough for them to attain the first stage of awakening. Later they went to the Buddha, they ordained under the Buddha, and then, as we know, when Ramokkalan and Sariputta became the main disciples of the Buddha. Mm. So meditation is not just a relaxation technique. Now, when you do meditation there are many aberrant uh, advantages you get. You are more relaxed, you can concentrate better, you can do better in your job, you are more compassionate, you fit into, you can manage easier with other people, like in school, you can learn much better, but these are not the real reasons why we go into meditation. The main reason is to understand our mind and to free the mind from all defilements. So we train the mind not to hold on to anything, we try to let go of all desires and become completely pure and independent. So, lead me from untruth to truth. Many make this determination or this prathana when they start the spiritual path. May this spiritual path lead me from untruth to truth, or may I find the satcha or the true teaching, and may I see uh, stages of awakening, or may I be able to develop my mind to higher levels of consciousness. All I teach is suffering and the end of suffering, according to the Buddha. Many say the Buddha talks a lot about suffering, that sounds very negative, but actually he just pointed out our situation. He says this is how it is, there is suffering in the world, it is a fact. He also pointed out there is a way out, so if you just follow this teaching, if you do your meditation, you can overcome your suffering. So it is not negative, it's uh, like a doctor. Let's say you go to a doctor and you have some bigger problem. If the doctor would just say, "Oh, everything is fine, don't worry, and then a little later you die, it's uh, not a good doctor. So a good doctor would say, listen, this is the problem, but there's some medicine, I can help you, but we have to work hard, and so he can save you. But he tells you exactly as it is, and that is exactly what the Buddha also did. So he said, this is your situation, this is the medicine, the Dharma, the meditation practice and I can help you, I can guide you to free yourself from all suffering. The Buddha also said, I'm not a teacher, I'm an Awakener. The Buddha was once asked for a dhiti uh, when the Buddha was sitting outside under a tree. The deity said, uh, are you, a, um, are you a, a great teacher or a prophet or a god? And all these questions, the Buddha said, no, no, I'm not. And uh, then the D.D. The, the, the asked, what are you then? And he said, I'm just awake, so I awakened. And I'm also an awakener of others. So the whole purpose of the Buddha was to find his own liberation. And then out of compassion, he, used, uh, he spent his whole life to teach uh, Dharma and meditation to liberate others as well. Some call this part of the Buddha, the Siddhartha Road, so according to the Prince Siddhartha, he, uh, as you know, lived a very sheltered life as the Prince Siddhartha. In uh, his uh, younger days, he never saw any suffering or any negativity. He was just uh, surrounded by young, beautiful people. He was uh, uh, living in luxury from morning to evening. But one day when he walked out of the palace, he could see the famous four signs, so the old man, the sick man, the dead man and the monk. And that gave him some um, idea what he should do next, so he could see the suffering. And he got also an idea, I should maybe follow the part of the monk and find a solution to this suffering. So life is a gift, we should not waste it. Uh, many people are living life as if it will never end and there is, no, there is no law of karma. As Buddhists we know life, we should be very careful not to do any bad karma and use the opportunity to do meditation, to do a lot of good karma. Also, many would say, the human life is rare in many different ways. There's a better way of being reborn in a spiritual place where there's more more, uh, pleasure, it's an easier life. But as a human life you can see the suffering and you can do a lot of good karma and it's also the best opportunity to practice meditation. One form of meditation the Buddha recommended is the metta or loving-kindness meditation and later on in the meditation session we will do that also. So being compassionate to all living beings, not to harm any living being. That is what we recite all the time in the Metta Sutta. And if you do this uh, loving kindness meditation, you are also radiating this positive energy. And uh, people around you start feeling these positive vibrations. There's a nice story I heard about this he swims every year, 8,000 8, kilometers, just to meet the man who saved his life. And so you can see animals, they know, uh, they know compassion and they are also grateful. So he swims every, every year, he meets this man who saved once his life long ago. So, and when I was once in Europe, I heard this saying, I actually was a young kid who was giving out stickers, and on the sticker it says, animals are my friends, and I don't eat my friends. So, the, because it was some vegetarian uh, uh, propaganda. And he gave out these stickers for free. Back to wisdom, when it comes to wisdom, according to Buddha, there are three types of wisdom. One is the received wisdom, the under, other one is the intele- intellectual wisdom, and the last one is the experiential wisdom. So when we start, let's say you read a book, you get some information, it is just a received wisdom. Or a teacher tells you something, it's just a received wisdom. Second step would be you really reflect on it, you think deeply about it so you understand it intellectually. The last one would be you use this information for your practice, Uh, let's say you experience something in your meditation, you see the impermanence in your meditation, it becomes an experiential wisdom. And that experiential wisdom is uh, on a much deeper unconscious level, so you never can lose it again. The other two, whatever you have learned, you may forget it later, even things you intellectually understand very deeply, it may change later, you get new information, you, you rethink, you see it in a different way, but the experiential wisdom does not change. It is on a much deeper level. Also when we are, uh, like I said, teaching children, because we have children here today, uh, often we tell the children, "Don't do this, don't do that," and it's very bad to do this. But we should give them the tools to do that. So if we just say, "Don't be nasty, just be, uh, be nice," we have to k- explain them how to be nice, so how to control their mind. So if we teach children basic uh, mindfulness meditation, mindfulness training, they will understand uh, how to control the mind and then automatically they will be nice, so they will be good. So again about the wisdom, uh, the first one is called Sutta Bannya. so that is the heard wisdom, so you read it somewhere, You uh, somebody told you something, And many people, if they hear it over the time, they they think it's their own wisdom, they accept it, but it's not an experiential wisdom. The second one is called Chintamaya Panya, so you reflect on it, it's a little deeper, but even that one, maybe just you heard something, you reflected on it, some uh, people, let's say you hear something over and over again, uh, you think you know it, but actually it's just uh, uh, wisdom from outside. The the last one is the parvanamayabhanya, the experiential wisdom, so something that sinks in deeply in your experience. As an example was the impermanence. Let's say you read in a book about impermanence, then you reflect on it, you say it sounds logical, uh, but then you see it in your meditation, it becomes your experiential wisdom or parvanamayabhanya. So from these three wisdoms, the last one is the one we should try to get in our, as a Buddhist, uh, practicing meditative person, Parvanamaya Banya, because it is, becomes your own wisdom and only then we can say, I know for sure, I have seen it myself, uh, I have experienced it myself. So Buddha's knowledge is based on experience. Everything the Buddha teached, he did first himself. So everything he experienced, he teached to others. Also uh, an advice to all the other teachers he gave, you should first experience it and only then start teaching it. There uh, is a story in uh, in our books about a monk who was just teaching but he did not meditate and he thought he is a very uh, famous uh, Dhamma teacher. But each time the Buddha met him, he just pulled him up and he said, you are useless, you are empty, it's useless what you are doing. Till that monk also started practicing and realized, uh, made some realizations in his meditation. So what we do realize in meditation is the Anicca, Dukkha and Anatta. So we see the impermanence, we see the the suffering and we see the non-self nature. I would say, if you try to find out about anatta, just sit down one minute and try not to think anything. Or sit down for one minute and try to think only nice thoughts. Then you will see it is not possible. You cannot change your thoughts or you cannot control your thoughts. Uh, Whenever you sit down and try not to think anything, thoughts will just pop up automatically. So you have no control over your thoughts. They are preconditioned. All the choice you have is how you react to these thoughts. Buddhism is also known for showing respect and compassion to others. So being tolerant means you accept uh, when others are doing something different, they have different opinions. Uh, we respect differences and Buddhism is in the West very famous now because it is known for being a very tolerant philosophy. A very good example is the Dalai Lama. Uh, I think he's perhaps now the most famous Buddhist monk worldwide and his teaching is very tolerant and uh, he's teaching uh, a lot about metta meditation, loving-kindness, compassion. So if we practice tolerance, that means uh, that we do not try to convert all the others to think the same thing as we think. Uh, if there are differences, we accept it, as long as they, somebody else does not harm other living beings, he or she has the right to practice, to think and to say whatever they want to say. So in Buddhism, the idea is not to convert all the other people to, this, uh, to our ideas, to our philosophy, Uh, as Mr. Goenka was once invited to the UN to give a speech, and what he said is in Buddhism we don't convert somebody from one religion to the other, we try to convert people from misery to happiness. So if somebody uh, shows interest and tries to uh, practice Buddhism, the conversion that will happen is from misery to happiness. So the Dharma, as I said, has many different meanings. It means also natural law or truth or righteousness, but the main idea of the term Dharma is the Buddhist teaching or the path to enlightenment. So to understand the truth at the experiential level, one has to investigate one's mind within the framework of the body. That's why in meditation we use a bodily function like the breath, you are watching the senses, and through this wandering of the mind, you get a deeper understanding of the impermanence. So this is what Prince Siddhartha did in order to become a Buddha. Uh, as you know, six years the Buddha tried uh, the wrong part, the, the part of self-mortification, till he remembered a childhood experience where he had the jhana or the concentration, meditation, He followed that path and attained enlightenment on his own, on his own effort. Everybody wants to have sweet mangoes when it comes to karma, so usually we always try to, uh, everybody likes to have nice karma, a nice beautiful life full of luxury. But when it comes to uh, putting in the seeds of karma, many people are very careless. So, according to the seeds you plant, you get either a mango tree or a neem tree, a very bitter tree in Asian countries. So, we should be careful whenever we plant the karma, then when the harvest time comes, we have sweet mangoes. Mm. And for the children, did you know Mr. Bean is also a Buddhist? Hmm? <laughs> I just found it on the internet. It says Buddhism <laughs> leading to <the> liberation, really. <laughs> so, I'm not sure about him, but many uh, like Hollywood actors, many are becoming Buddhists now. Uh, Many famous people join Buddhism because they can see something special in this Buddhist teaching. Uh, For one thing, it does not rely on belief, you can find out for yourself. People don't want to believe anymore, they want to see for themselves, they want to realize and they want to understand how the mind is working. Also, the Dharma warriors, so if somebody is joining the Buddhist movement, is getting into meditation, also starts teaching, the Buddhist teaching, uh, also awakening others, it's uh, a great thing to do, so you can join the Dharma movement and also help others to find the path of liberation. So free yourself from your mind, or from your working mind, which usually tries to grasp and to hold on to things. So when we understand, uh, in meditation we create a distance between the working mind and what we call the wisdom, so you can watch your mind and also you can control your mind. So whenever your mind starts asking for things like, let me do this, let me do that, the wisdom has the power to for one thing see it, and secondly also to control the mind. So if the running mind is asking for enjoyment or this and that, you have a choice, uh, is that necessary now, is it something good for me, is that helping others? If not, you have the choice to say, no, this is not necessary and you need not to act on it. So a meditator creates more and more freedom for him or herself. We, um, many other people, they are called like slaves to their own mind whatever the mind asks for, you have to do, or you have to act on it, and meditate against liberation from the mind, and can reach higher stages of awakening. As I said, uh, worldwide there is a big awakening happening. Uh, Many people are running after meditation, yoga, or any spiritual practice, uh, dharma discussions, Uh, people are waking up. So if you look worldwide, there is a mass awakening happening. And so let's hope 2019, this uh, awakening is getting even stronger. Let's hope that in 2019, the innocent Buddhist movement will win. So enlightenment, uh, it all depends on wisdom. There is no freedom without wisdom. Knowledge, wisdom and liberty go hand in hand. So we have to look through this illusion of the mind to see or develop this Buddha-nature deep within us. So uh, with that I come to the end of this short Dhamma talk today on the last day of this year. So I hope that all of you will use all the good karma you created in the past year. You can make the new determination in the new year to go even deeper into meditation, to do a lot of good karma, to develop your mind further and further. So may you all be well and happy, find peace and happiness and uh, may you also be able to continue the Dhamma part, continue in your meditation and may you all reach stages of awakening. Sadhu Sadhu Sadhu.